The scripture reading for our meditation today is taken from the letter of 1 John, the fifth chapter, beginning with verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For, who, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. A year and a half ago on Halloween night, 2022, in Seoul, South Korea, there was an enormous crowd that had gone out to kind of celebrate Halloween. And thousands of them happened to all at the same time go through a very small alley. And there were really two crowds that were trying to use the alley at the same time. And without anybody realizing it, they began to crush each other. And 159 people were crushed to death in a crowd surge. And 196 others were injured. An awful situation. I've had it happen three or four times in my life when I've been in a crowd surge. And uh, it just kind of happens unexpectedly. I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but it's kind of a scary moment. You are, you're suddenly being... Uh, uncontrollably moved by the surge of the crowd in directions maybe that you didn't necessarily want to go. You can really feel the force of humanity on you. Uh, one time I remember particularly my feet left the ground and uh, the crowd was actually moving me in a particular direction. It's Kind of a picture of the challenges we face in this world in a spiritual realm as Christians that we're so often walking in a different direction than the way the world is walking and the way the, the members of our culture tend to want, to want us to walk. And there's a pressure on us. There's a, there's a, a presence in the world that is, is often trying to get us to move in a direction which we as Christians do not want to move in. So by, as believers in Christ, trusting in him and desiring to follow God's commands which we do keep perfectly through faith in our Savior, but as members of Christ, uh, following God's commands in this world, so often how we think and what motivates us, what drives us, and the outlook that we have, uh, the way we view certain things, is very counterculture uh, to what is around us and to the crowd that surges around us. Jesus said it to us this way, you do not belong to the world, those who believe in him, and trust in him, and, and have his righteousness as their own. You do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. This is why the world hates you. And I remember years ago, maybe eight, nine years ago, a student here after a religion class where we had discussed this in class, the challenges of living in a culture today that is so anti-Christian in many ways. A student came up to me, and I, I remember his eyes started to fill with tears. And he said, how are we going to get through this? How are we going to manage to live out this faith in the culture that is surrounding us right now? It was very intimidating. Sometimes we can feel 
overwhelmed by that and that we're such a shrinking number. Uh, we hear the statistics of people bailing out of churches and things. We, we see what's happening in our culture and how the, the, the way the world looks at things is, is quite anti-Christian so often. And this opposition from the world is a very real thing. Sometimes it can actually get hostile. Not just little comments online, but sometimes it can even turn into some physical persecution as we see in some places. And this spiritual pressure against us can sometimes even take down certain believers. It can just wear them down that they just decide to go with the flow of the crowd. I was talking to a um, man at my church about my age a few years ago, and he told me that his sister, who had been raised in the faith, her father was a pastor, and had been raising her children in the faith, but because of all the pressure she was facing at work now over issues in, of morality that had to do with things in the culture, she had just decided that she was going to quit. And I knew her pastor, and I went and talked to him, and he said, yeah, she came into my office one day and just said, our family is done with church. We can't take it. The, the culture had just worn her down. From heaven's perspective, there are really only two forces in this world. Jesus says it so plainly. He who is not for me is against me. That's, a, that's as clear as you can get the distinction between those who believe in Christ and trust in him and those who do not. But what's comforting for us is this, that our champion, Christ himself, has already conquered this world and all the powers of hell and all the forces of hell that maybe try to rage against not only him, but also the members of his church. He's already defeated them through his work on the cross and by his resurrection from the dead. And he has now made you and me a part of that power that he has through the gift of faith that he's worked in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, put into us through baptism in the word of God. Being connected to Christ has now, has now engaged us in this battle, and yet, by faith, we are standing with the greatest, most triumphant conqueror, the greatest warrior in this fierce fight that there could ever be. That is the Son of God himself. And so the faith that we have that's grabbing onto Christ and holding onto him for security is the very thing that gives us the victory over the world. That's why John says, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Now let's be very clear, it's not your faith per se by itself that is the victor. It's what your faith is grabbing onto. It's who your faith is grabbing onto. My faith is up and down, weak and all over the place at times. But the fact that even a trembling, weak little faith can be holding on to Christ still possesses this tremendous victory over the world and all the powers of hell. And so believers in Christ, through this faith, they themselves also now possess the same power and victory that their Lord does. Sure doesn't look like it sometimes. Uh, the believers of Christ in this world can look pretty beat down and pretty lowly and pretty humble at times. We think about the, the woman putting in her few coins in the alms box outside of Jerusalem. We think about the beggar, Lazarus. We think about the, the woman at Jesus' feet crying tears of repentance at his feet. From the world's perspective, 
the, the disciples and followers of Christ don't look like much at all. And yet through this precious gift of faith in their hearts, listen to what St. Paul says. He says, they look like they have nothing and yet they possess all things. That's a great passage, isn't it? They look like they have nothing and yet they possess all things. Consider how it was for Christ himself, how he appeared to the world. Didn't own any property, didn't have any great army or any great money or anything. People would often assume, looking at him from worldly eyes, that he was nothing but an underdog and someone to be trampled and finally spit out by society. And yet, as the Son of God, he had supremacy and superiority over all things, over all authority, over all demons, and over all powers and governments and armies. God has placed all things under his feet, we are told, and he holds the keys to death and Hades. Think what that means. He holds the keys to death and Hades. There's nothing stronger against us than that. And so those of us who, by God's grace, have been born of God in faith, in Christ, God the Holy Spirit now dwelling inside of us, has made you and me, because we're connected to Christ, more powerful than anything that this world could ever throw at us. And someday, when we're in heaven, we're going to have discussions about the problems we had in life and just laugh about how meaningless and trivial the, the pressures were that we had to feel in this world. How silly and meaningless they're going to seem when we're finally in heaven someday. Not that we're going to care when we finally get there. Right now, we might feel like we're really oppressed and we're really having to go through some difficult things and that we're an extreme minority. But let's always remember that by faith, one with Christ is always the majority. As we walk through the ruins of a battlefield where our Lord is guiding us away as the victory's already been won, we must certainly walk carefully because of some of those demons who are wounded still have swords in their hands even though they've been defeated. But we can also walk confidently to the great victory feast of celebration. If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. Please take out your hymn book for our prayer today. Turn to hymn number 511. 511. And pray with me, if you would, verses 2, 3, and 9 of hymn 511. Verses 2, 3, and 9. In these last days of sore distress... Grant us, dear Lord, true steadfastness, that pure we keep till life is spent, thy holy word and sacrament. Lord Jesus, help thy church uphold. We are so sluggish, thoughtless, cold. O prosper well thy word of grace and spread its truth in every place. O grant that in thy holy word we here may live and die, dear Lord. And when our journey endeth here, receive us into glory there. Amen.
And now may the triune God who has claimed you in the waters of your baptism, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Amen.